In the Gospel reading today, we hear the story of Jesus healing the paralytic. Let us stand. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the second chapter. And when Jesus returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, Why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately, Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, Why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to, which is easier, to say that the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise, take up your bed, and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose, and immediately picked up his bed, and went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. This is the Gospel of the Lord. For a long time in my ministry, I have conducted healing services like the one we shall have this morning. Jesus came preaching, teaching, and healing. And I believed for a long time for a church, for a congregation to be fully a New Testament church. It should preach, it should teach, and it should heal. But in the last several centuries, the, the healing part has been turned over to the doctors. I've got nothing against doctors. But the fact of the matter is that the church has always been in the healing business. The church should always be involved in, in healing. I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I have to say that for me it took a lot of courage to have the first healing service because I had a lot of doubts. One of them was, what if nobody comes up? Well, then we just go on, I guess. And then another one was, um, what if nothing happens? What if people come up and we lay hands on them and anoint them and pray for them? And what if nothing happens? How will I look? Will I look like a dope? And will it mean that God has failed? Because Jesus said to his disciples, you will do the works that I do, and you will do greater works than those. And I claim that promise. And then what happens if we act on that promise and nothing happens? And it looks like God has failed in keeping his promises. Wouldn't that 
wouldn't that hurt people's faith? Wouldn't that shake people's faith in God if God doesn't keep his promises? Maybe we better not have a healing service to save God's honor. But I believe you have to give God a chance. This healing service this morning is, is the opportunity to, to, to give God a chance to keep his word. And if you don't give God a chance, then he can't show you what he can do. Let me give you this, uh, this, um, this example. Let's take a young man who's playing basketball and is sitting on the bench watching his team play and having a tough time. And what he really wants is to be put in the game. Because if the coach will put him in the game, then he can show the coach and the crowd what he can do. But if he's not put in the, in the game, he can't show anything. All he wants is a chance. And a healing service like this is giving God a chance to do what he can do. But I want to get back to the idea of what if nothing happens. What if nothing happens? When it's all over, it looks like nothing has happened. How do you know nothing has happened? How do you know? There are lots of small and quiet miracles that happen all the time that you can't see. Just because you don't see anything, that doesn't mean nothing has happened. Let me give you an example from my own, my own life. For many years, I had, I've had pains in my legs. Uh, the pains are worse at night than they are during the day, but they're a bother and they're painful. And I've been to the, to the medical community and they've tried very hard to, to make those pains go away, but they've been unsuccessful. And once I was at a church convention... And at that convention, there was a healing service much like this. And I decided to go. And so I was sitting there, and then at, at the proper time, the, the pastor said, anybody who wants to come forward for a laying out of hands and prayer for healing, please come up. Now, I've conducted healing services, and I've issued those invitations before. But as I sat where you sat, I was not sure I wanted to come up. Because it was scary. What would people think? So I came up. There we, we knelt down. Here there'll be two stations, one here and, and one there. Uh, we, we knelt down and the, and the pastor came by and she asked me, um, what was the problem? Well, I've got these pains in my legs. I've had them for years. I'd like you to pray about that. So she anointed me with oil and she, she laid her hand on me and and she prayed for me, and then when she was done, she went on to the next person, and I went back to my seat. And I still had the pains. But something had happened. Because the pains didn't matter anymore. They just didn't matter. They were there, but they no longer mattered. They no longer distracted me. And so you could say, well, I was healed. 
Do I still have the pains? If I think about it right now, the answer is yes. But they don't matter. And if you ask me, were you healed? I say, yes, I was healed. You see, you can't say, what if nothing happens? Because you don't know that anything has happened. Because God works in mysterious ways, in wonderful ways. He did that with me. We know that Jesus came preaching, teaching, and healing. And not only that, along the way in his ministry, Jesus gave the same power and authority to his disciples. So in the sixth chapter of Mark, we read, He called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over unclean spirits. That is to say that Jesus gave his disciples the authority, the power to cast out demons, which I've done that. That's another story. But he gave his disciples that power and that authority. So they went out two by two and did that. And Mark says, so they went out and proclaimed that all should repent and they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. So Jesus passed on this healing power to his disciples and the church had a healing ministry. And as I said before, Jesus said to his disciples, you'll do, you'll do everything that I did and you'll do more. And this morning we, we claim that power, we claim that promise to, to give God a chance to see what, what God can do. Now I have to say that Beth and I have no special powers. We're just folks. There is in the church a spiritual gift called the gift of healing. And uh, it's one of the two spiritual gifts that I've prayed for for years, that God would just give me the gift of healing because that gift, gift existed in the early church. It exists today. Some people have the gift of laying on their hands and people are healed. I've prayed for that gift, but I've not received it. So we don't have any special power. What we have is a promise. We have a promise that that we will do greater deeds than Jesus did. You may not see them, but I believe if we give God a chance, he'll do good stuff among us. So if you want to come forward for the laying out of hands for healing, Beth will be here and I will be here. Please come up. Don't be afraid. Just ask for one thing. I've had these services where people came up with a half a dozen things and by the time they got to the last one, I forgot the first one. (laughs) One thing. And when you come up and tell, tell us what it's about, Say it loud enough so I can hear you. The mic will be off. Nobody else will hear you. But at the first service, a couple of them I could hardly understand. Come forward. You can pray for yourself. Or you can ask prayers for other people. And Val is going to come up. Where's Val?
There she back here. She's going to come up and she's going to ask prayers for a good friend of ours who is very sick. You can do that. And as if you do that, what I'd ask you to do is, when you ask me to pray for somebody, I want you to see that person in your mind's eye. You have to see that person as we pray together. And see Jesus standing by that person and laying his healing hand upon him or her. Give God a chance. 